0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. In a crisis like this around the potential outcomes of the coronavirus and the uncertainties that we all face, we might be a little thankful for all that Australia offers, whether it's medical support or the political decision-making or the social Capacities that we have to be able to direct the things that are happening with the unfolding of the coronavirus, but other nations are facing a very different story. Nations like India that have a huge challenge with a global pandemic when they lack a robust public health system and many are living in fear. There's an expectation that poor testing rates mean that millions will be impacted by COVID-19 in India. Let's get some insights into the challenge. Kate is the CEO of the Dignity Freedom Network, serving the Dalit people in India, and that's the lowest, poorest people in the nation of India. Kate, welcome along to 2020. Thanks,
1: Neil. Nice to chat with you this afternoon.
0: Kate, it would appear from the headlines the Indians are scrambling to bring some sort of preventative measure and uh, the Prime Minister Modi has ordered a complete 21-day lockdown. Uh, what sort of reports are you hearing from your sources on the ground in India about how that's going? Yes, while a
1: lockdown is a really great thing to do in this day and age and what's happening, for example, in New Zealand, um They were given a 48-hour notice on a lockdown in India. It was less than four hours. So for many people who work hand-to-mouth, it just meant that they didn't have the wherewithal to gather supplies or food. They didn't have the money. They're being locked down in really squalid uh, lodgings where they're just crowded. It's just the perfect environment for the uh, COVID-19 virus to flourish and really do some serious, serious damage.
0: Well, the number of confirmed cases and the death toll in India is low at this time, but there might be some reasons for that, sort of poor testing rates, those sorts of things. What are your thoughts on on how things may be developing there, even though the figures don't suggest uh, that they might be as high as they are?
1: Well, doctors in India are saying, first of all, it's a matter of time before things really escalate and it's really humanitarian humanitarian disaster and secondly they're just saying India is not ready India spends at the moment 3.7% of GDP on health and to compare that to Australia we're at about 10% so really there is so much need there in India at the moment
0: You work with the Dalit people, and I mentioned in the introduction uh, the lowest end of the caste system in India, typically very poor people. uh, They do face particularly difficult prospects, don't they, with the uh, spread of coronavirus?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, even things that we take for granted. So with the lockdown, if they go outside their home, they can well be beaten by the police. Well, they don't have toilets in their homes. They go outside and they go out uh, to use you know, toilet facilities outside. They don't have water. They have to go to wells. So they don't have access to food. They don't have access to water. And then, of course, the sanitary situation with the toilet is just another example of how absolutely desperate their situation is.
0: And what about medical care? I mean, we can only let our imagination run wild as to what sort of medical attention you might expect if you are on the lowest caste level and among the poorest of the poor in India. Uh, what are your thoughts on medical care for people that are in the area where you're working?
1: Well, health care is very difficult. It's, it's not affordable for these people. Our Community health workers are scattered through a large part of India and we've been focused on upskilling them, teaching hygiene education and going into villages and working with people, helping them identify if they might be contaminated and then helping them access health care. But now our community health workers also get beaten by the police if they're in the villages trying to help. Um, we have clinics around the country and we're ramping up the equipment, we're ramping up the personnel, we're ramping up every kind of help that we can do um, We're distributing high-nutrition powder to the slums as best as we can, but again, a lot of our workers um, are facing the logistical challenges that come with a lockdown.
0: Let's talk just for a few moments about the sort of medical care, because when you're talking about the Dalit people, I'm assuming that they might not have as easy access even to the hospital system in India. So that's why your team with the Good Shepherd Medical Care are trying to set up these clinics and uh, provide some community health workers. Uh, But thats it's a big country. There's an awful lot of people. I guess it's just like a drop in the bucket for the sort of things. But But you've got to start somewhere, haven't you?
1: Exactly, and I think that that's where my heartstrings are really pulled because even with what we're doing, I realise that it's just the tip of the iceberg, but we do, we have clinics, a few clinics around the country, and then, as I said, we train the community health workers to do the best that they possibly can in the villages and in the slums in Mumbai and um, in the Mabibnaga area and different parts of India, but there's just so many that are receiving no medical help at all at the moment.
0: So, contrast where we might be at in Australia, even the poor among us, compared to the poor that you're working with in India, because perhaps a little illustration or two might be good here, there are some significant differences, are there, in what poverty levels mean in different nations, and, and what we're talking about here is very hard to even compare at all, because there's such a major difference.
1: Absolutely. I've been tracking within, I live in Melbourne and, you know, we've got this love thy neighbour kind of Facebook going out where people say, I'm stuck with this and other people chip in and help or what can we do and so on. But in India, they just don't have that kind of network and they just don't have that capacity to even store extra rolls of toilet paper or they don't have the money for providing more than a day ahead normally. And so in these situation where healthcare is, Uh, increasing in price and all the food products are increasing in price. It's just absolutely devastating and the little bit of money that they were earning has been taken away and they just have nothing to fall back on.
0: You are at this present time looking to raise finances to be able to get into those contexts where you are working and it's becoming all the more difficult every moment given there's changes in the way that the Hindu government Uh, wants to cause the nation to be entirely Hindu and difficulties there. But if you can get some money into support uh, what's going on with the areas you're supporting, how is that money going to be used in these uh, health clinics that you're trying to open?
1: Mm. Uh, That's a really great point. So we've actually had no problem with sending funds to India because we're very open with the government and very careful to build relationship and trust with them and show them that we're doing legitimate health care and legitimate education projects. So money will be spent on... We're, we're doing uh, telemedicine and ramping up video and phone links so that we can work with doctors and nurses that are remotely so that they can provide some form of help. Uh, we're also using our empty classrooms and uh, making them into isolation rooms. When people have to go into lockdown and stay in their homes, People don't realise that many, many people in India actually are homeless. They live on the streets. And so we're trying to provide living arrangements for people like this so that they actually can have somewhere to go. Um, As mentioned, we want nutritional supplements to be sent out. The government is actually saying that they will distribute rice to poor people, but that's a great start. We want to provide some more protein and nutrition along with that. And so um, supplies, equipment, we're ramping up medications and medicines uh, obviously, like most people, we're working on masks and sanitation and all sorts of hand sanitizers and so on. And um, as with here in Australia, many of these products are increasing in price as well. And so we're just trying to work as hard and as fast as we possibly can to try and mitigate uh, what could be a complete humanitarian crisis.
0: You know, there'll be Aussies who are thinking, I would like to do something to help India. And given you're working with the poorest of the poor, the Dalit people, uh, people who are more likely to be infected, uh, perhaps most vulnerable to suffering here, uh, no doubt there'll be some who will be thinking, how can I connect with the good work that's being done by your organisation, the Dignity Freedom Network? Uh, What happens when people go onto your website, Kate? Uh, Is there a way that they can make a donation today? That's
1: right, they can jump onto our website at uh, www.dignityfreedomnetwork and there's a direct link that they can go to. They can also contact us on 1800 949 774 or email info at dfn.org.au. We're updating our Facebook page daily as well with photos and stories and news items and also some really good stories about what is happening there in India as well.
0: Okay, so connecting with the Dignity Freedom Network, working with the Dalit people in India. It's dignityfreedomnetwork.org.au or dfn.org.au. Kate is the CEO of the Dignity Freedom Network. Kate, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020.
1: Great. Thanks so much, Neil. Really appreciate it.